He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, December 15, 2023. I hope you had a great week. I hope your week is nearing a conclusion. I hope you don't have to work this weekend. I hope you are in the holiday home stretch. I hope you're not paying attention to the news. I hope you're not online. I hope you're interacting with the people around you, your neighbors. Who else? (laughs) The people around you. Get off the damn phone. Get off the damn internet. You know it makes your soul worse. You know. Here's the Instagram test. Take Instagram off your phone. Then put it back on. And then tell me and tell yourself how long you're on it before you feel worse than you did before you went on. That's the only, that's the litmus test. Then ask yourself, why the fuck would I want to do this? I know this thing is going to make me feel worse than I felt before. (laughs) Or if you find yourself mindlessly scrolling, think about, do you want to be on your deathbed thinking, I wish I would have had those minutes back when I was looking at some, uh, I was trying to think of the most absurd thing I've looked at or seen in the last week or two. discussion maybe about I, I couldn't even tell you but just okay well that wasn't going anywhere <laughs> you should have had one chambered up my friend i have content if you see my content on there this is this is the ask of the podcast you know i very rarely or every episode encourage you to leave a review five star review right tony right 15 underscore versus underscore 15 lnc and the rest of you I'm going to say it every time. If you see a clip of mine online and I'm going to be flooding the zone with them, share it. Tell somebody about it. That's all you have to do. LOL. Respond. You know what you have to do? You have to do. You don't have to do anything. It would be great if you see a clip on Instagram and just make some dumb comment like funny or LOL or some emoji because that is what the damn machine wants. It wants you to interact with it. So if you see a clip of me saying, like the one I put up the other day, saying some dude bombed, and then he, at the end of his speech, was like, you know, everybody just come together and support each other. And the crowd was like, hey, man, you just wasted four minutes of our time. You're not going to have any more of it. Get the fuck off the stage. And then you see me come out afterward and roast him for that Hail Mary uh, at the when you're just bombing and you're like, hey, how about the bartender and and how about everybody who uh, works with kids with disabilities and you know what about Mother Teresa? Give it up for her and give it up for first responders, and it's just a hail mary chuck of the football. Maybe maybe it's uh it works out in the end, but very rarely does it. It's usually like uh, Pasarchik not knowing to take a knee. <laughs> That's for you, Central Jersey prosecutor. And Herman Edwards picks up the ball and goes the distance. By the way, Central Jersey prosecutor, that's how your son told me he proposed to his wife. He left me a message saying, unlike Pasarchik, I knew how to take a knee. And he proposed to his wife, your daughter-in-law. If you see clips of me doing things like that, roasting that guy who bombed online, like that one I put up, couple days ago and i'll be putting up another one today there will be another one coming up today just interact gently with it share it spread the word 
That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking for any money. I'm just asking you to do that and leave a review on iTunes. That's it. That's the only ask, okay? If you want have anything you want me to discuss, if you think I'm wrong about something, if you have a question about how you can feel better about yourself by doing more of what makes you feel most like yourself, while also getting a goddamn good night's sleep, email the podcast at yesjoesmith at gmail.com. Speaking of things that I... I'm going to tell you also, former prosecutors and everyone else, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I made good on my defrauding an innkeeper because I went in there the other day and I made I, I got right with them. I'm a man of my word, a man of principle. But regarding clips, I don't know if you saw the one I put up of my wife reading Led Zeppelin lyrics to me, but it is the funniest thing. I've told you my wife has, my wife is funnier than I am, which I, I don't know if, I don't know. I mean, that's saying a lot, you know. <laughs> My wife is so funny, and she has a dry sense of humor. And what she does is, like, she says the truest thing in the moment. And uh, she just kills me. And, of course, I'm biased because she's my wife. But, for instance, I remember 15 years ago, some dude was talking about how he was going to revolutionize the use of mushrooms. And I'm not talking about psychedelics. I'm talking about... In like, a, you know, mushrooms are going to be the new corn and they're going to fuel everything and they're going to be in dog food and people are going to eat them for breakfast and all these things. And, you know, all these people are like, wow, it sounds so amazing with mushrooms and this is incredible. And my wife just in the middle of nowhere goes like, yeah, but mushrooms are gross. And it killed. She's super funny and just says the, the obvious true thing. Like the one I told you about that years ago where uh, I said, I've never raped anyone. And she just goes, that's what you think. You know, like that, that's, that's true. I don't think that, but what she's in, she's so skillfully. And anyway, nobody wants to hear anybody talk about how much, how much they like their wife. I get it. All right. The whole ball and chain won't let me go out to bowl with my buddies and drink a six pack of old style beer in, uh, in uh well not Rockville. What is it? Rockford, Illinois. I can't. But so anyway, her sense of humor cracks me up. And she also women who listen to the podcast, you would appreciate my wife's allegiance to the sisterhood. She is a woman living in a man's world, uh well, you know, not buying into it, gently rolling her eyes at it and just but not letting it consume her. And, uh, you know, there's, an, there's a, a bit of boys are dumb in her worldview. Which is why, and she's right, which is why her reading Led Zeppelin lyrics to me is so absolutely hilarious. And the reason for that is because Led Zeppelin lyrics <laughs> are totally ridiculous. What in that video that you will interact with on Instagram, share, like, subscribe, that she is reading, she's reading the lyrics to Immigrant Song, which is from Led Zeppelin 3, which I'm not a Led Zeppelin, you know, completist. I, I know Led Zeppelin. I know, you know, they come right out of the barn on their very first record. Song one, side one, on album one. 
I mean, that's that's here. Who's we are? Here's who we are, with good times, bad times. Bound out, bound out. Actually, it's bound out, bound out, bound out. It's insane that they start that, and I'm sure they stole it from some blues guy, like every other song that they. <laughs> anyway, the lyrics of Led Zeppelin, like I hate to do this for you people of a certain generation. The lyrics of Smashing Pumpkins also are just fucking so inane if you actually take them and just look at them on the page, which is, you know, not how it's meant to be done. Kind of like while I'm on it, like listening to David Lee Ross, vocal tracks isolated from Running With The Devil. That's a good time. Ow! Ah! He's in the booth by himself doing that. <clears throat> She's reading the lyrics to Immigrant Song, which is from Led Zeppelin. It's, I think it's the first song on Led Zeppelin 3. And it goes... Dun, 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 dun. Come from the land of the ice and the snow. All right, in the song, it sounds kind of, okay, this is a Led Zeppelin song. But if you stop and actually listen, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> which they, I think, Robert Plant, who I believe to be self-deprecating and have a great sense of humor, is anyone who has worked hundreds of millions of dollars can and be appreciated for that i think he knows that he was not exactly um you know marcel proust when it came to the pen <laughs> they're right it, what is a bustle in a hedgerow and she's buying i mean it's stairway Gollum. it's like all lord of the rings nonsense immigrant song is that I think he's playing the role of a Viking. So when my wife slows it down and reads it, it just was cracking me up on the way to school. I come from the land of the ice and snow with the midnight sun and the hot springs flow. And the best part in the song and what cracks me up about my wife saying it is, as Robert Plant goes, hammer of the gods. Maybe you should listen to Immigrant Song before any of this is funny to you and you're probably like looking around like, do I have anything else better to do with my life? And fair enough to you. Uh, but it, it just cracks me up. And I was like, let's record the whole thing while I'm driving my daughter and wife to my daughter's school. I'm using the phone to record them. Probably not what any former prosecutor would want me to be doing or a former prosecutor would want me to be doing it so they would uh, be able to nab me. <laughs> and throw me in the, the, throw me in jail. But the combination of the ridiculous lyrics and knowing my wife's worldview about boys are pretty dumb. She's probably sitting there like, this is what you guys worship, Led Zeppelin? Valhalla, I am coming home. Like, come on, what are we? Fight the hordes, sing and cry. Valhalla, I am come. We are your overlord. It's, you know what I mean? Just listen to the music. Sing along. Good times, bad times. You know I've had my share. That, when a woman left home with a brown-eyed man, when I sure don't seem to care. De -de 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 -de. That also, lyrics sound, because they were like 20 when that song was uh, came out. That song really doesn't sound like it was written by the same people who wrote Bustle in the Hedgerow. And I know an artist can evolve, and I'm going to move on from this, don't worry. But uh, it suggests that maybe they were cribbing those uh, lyrics 
from great blues and a great anonymous blues artists who wrote the songs. But when the white man came to collect publishing, the white man didn't give them credit. We just said, uh, let's call it traditional. And then we can sort of own the rights to that and then put our own arrangements on it. And then we'll kind of call it our own. You know, like you'll see a Love in Vain song by the Rolling Stones. It'll say traditional arranged by Jagger Richards, which is them kind of moving in and saying, we own this song and we made this song, but you really didn't. Just one of the many fuckovers that I sound. Okay, here's the point. It cracks me up when my wife does that. And I thought you'd, you'd, and it looked like 60 odd people maybe found some entertainment in that as well. Coffee is coming in. It's coming in. The quick comedy update for this week. I, I got on at the comedy store to no fucking avail at all. I got. I, I put my name in the bucket. I got my, my name was pulled at four o'clock. My daughter and I watched the online, the big online reveal at four o'clock on Facebook. That's how you find out if you're on. You sit through uh, the the booker there, Mike Vin, reading. Uh, Pulling names out of a hat and saying who's on the show. I was scheduled to be fifth. I got up there and um, I don't know, the person or two before me didn't show up. So I went fourth. Uh, There were 11 audience members when I went on, 11 non-comic audience members when I went on stage at the comedy store. Uh, The host did... No warm up, as I've told you. They don't. They don't warm up the crowd. They just come out and say, "Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that." And now have a good time. Here's your first comic. First comic came out, and she is obviously very, very new, and she did. She ate a bag, but the room was impossibly dead. Impossibly dead. It would have taken. It would have taken. Um, oh God, I'm thinking of like uh, just some monster. Who, who, who comes to mind? It would take an earthquake like 10 minutes to get that room warmed up. <laughs> and we have three-minute sets. So the first person went up. She bombs. No real fault of her own. Um, though she probably wouldn't have done well. She would have gone 15th anyway. The person who came after her, all he did was talk about how terrible she was. And it really wasn't funny. And it was kind of like cat skilly, like... You know, if I were doing that, but I'd be like the comic before me, you know, kind of like that. <clears throat> so that's two. And then uh, he bombed. And then the guy that went before me started to, uh, he, he is not his first time on stage. Like he probably was a little further along than the person who went first. Uh, he, you know, he got a few chuckles from them. And then I went forth and I got a few laughs and got off. And uh, oh, actually, at the end of my set, told the crowd to go fuck themselves. It really wasn't directed to the 11 people. It was just probably directed to the whole <laughs> the whole thing. San Diego comedy and uh, my place in it. So it was just, my jokes worked. And, you know, it was just dead, cold. Like I said, earthquake would have taken some time to get it going. But not everybody knows that, you know. If you don't know it's a dead room, it looks like a bomb. And... If you know it's a dead room, you're like, this sucks. <laughs> it's not a bomb. In any case, I didn't do anything. I don't think to further my reputation at the comedy store. By um, So that now on my record, I have one getting played off in three minutes, which I didn't do this time. 
didn't get played off, so hats off to me. And but I did uh, close with uh, "Go fuck yourselves" or something like that, which is an old closer of mine. It's uh, there's nothing to say about it. It's just it's dreadful. Uh, but more important than having going to a shitty open mic is I made right on the great cashew get over. You recall from a couple episodes, Tony the Tiger and other new listeners. Mm. You'll have to, <clears throat> excuse me, go back and listen to an episode maybe two or three ago. It's before, I think, the one that says getting over on these cashews, where I talk about getting over on these cashews. Just to briefly and quickly, hopefully, reset what I did is I went into a store and just to see what would happen. I filled up uh, a container with some cashews that were uh, more expensive than the number on the box that I wrote to be charged. I know that was inelegant the way I said that. Essentially, I'm getting, I'm filling contents, uh, filling the container with contents from pack from container A, but I'm labeling it uh, contents from container B, which was cheaper. That makes sense. Like I said, you might have to go back and listen to it. Um, I just to see what would happen. And I took the more expensive, all, all of my own doing. This was not any like, oh, how did that happen? That was coincidental, or oh, I made a mistake. I took the more expensive cashews. Is this really? You know, there's war and famine across the globe, and I'm talking about getting over on these cashews. Well, I'll get to that, <laughs> too. Uh, one country over there, by the way, I am confident, is on the wrong side of history here. I mean, history is written by the victors. I know that. So, uh, And even it's being written as it's happening. But I think we know... You're uh, egregious in your actions, and this is uh, beyond, let's say, inhumane. And it doesn't mean that the other side is right, but uh, if you stop a fight for... If, if one side is beating shit out of another, if you're in a boxing match, and, and the guy gets knocked down, the referee comes over and says, we, we need to stop here, put your hands up, until this person you know, maybe uh, can get some water and get back on the feet... Uh, and then you, but really, let's just go to our own corners and try to figure this out. And then you roar out of your corner and say, no, I'm going to lift that dead, lifeless body uh, up into the ring again and beat the shit out of it even more and pulverize it till like the, all the bones in his legs aren't just broken and the, and the thoracic cavity in his uh, torso is not shattered, but pulverized and powdered. And it's just a bag of sand. You're, I think, pretty fucking evil. And I think, you, and I don't, I don't mean that like in a biblical, in your soul way. I just mean like that is, that's fucking evil and inhumane. And I think you're beyond the, the pale. And I know my example of the boxer was not perfect. And I don't want to fucking talk about this anyway. But uh, I believe one side is on the wrong side of history. That's, that's what I believe. Okay. Now, I just said that just to say it. It's, it seems like fucking enough. I said enough before you took a break from the boxing match. Did anybody listen to me? 
Did anyone heed my call? And I said, enough, okay, you fucking got your pound of flesh. The scoreboard reads, or at the time I called for enough uh, um, crying uncle or tapping out, as it were. The score was like 10 to 1. You, you, you covered. The game is in the bag. Also, fucking make it look like you got smacked around once before. Take the blow, get your revenge, and fucking move on. That's what I believe. Is it simplistic? Yeah. But so is fucking pulverizing a group of people into sand. That's simplistic too. There is no way out of it though. I will acknowledge that. There is no solution that exists to solve that problem. So uh, my perspective is flavor of the month. In you know three years, it would be different, I'm sure. So there, we could talk about the horrible things in the world while I'm supposed to be talking about cashews or, or vice versa. But listeners, cashews, I, 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 was, I paid for less expensive cashews and got expensive cashews, and that's wrong. I'm, I'm on the wrong side of history in that move. So I did it just to see what would happen. What was it, Captain? And I told you that on the podcast, but I also said that I would make it right by going back into that store one day on the way to my daughter's school, and I would walk in and I would do the reverse. Inverse? Reverse? It's the reverse or the inverse or both, maybe. But I would fill up a container with something that didn't cost as much as the sticker I would put on it and pay for Right, so I'd kind of like try to even it up, get get right with the store is what I was trying to do, and I did it on. I guess I did it on Wednesday. I did it on Wednesday, and I got uh, I got something called I got regular pumpkin seeds. By the way, which are delicious. They were I think greenish pumpkin seeds. They're really good. Daughter did not take for them take to them because they were not chocolate, <laughs> but they're very good. And I paid for something called tamari, T-A-M-A-R-I, pumpkin seeds. And I don't, I, what I, and if you're, if you follow this SAT question of a story carefully, what you should be saying now is, well, did you over, did you underpay did you overpay the exact same amount you underpaid the first time around? Because that's how you would square it away with the business. And as a matter of fact, you should act, you should overpay a little bit more because now you're taking a second container. You're taking up a little more of their labor costs. I get it. There's overhead. What I did, though, is I got these regular pumpkin seeds, found the ones next to them, tamari pumpkin seeds, that were like twice as much put that sticker on the bag, went out and went to the front and paid for those. Did not get any Pilsner or Kell because I told you that will last me for a while the last time I upped. I just, every once in a while, I need, need. <laughs> maybe it is need sometimes. As a goddamn parent! Oh my gosh, was there World War Three this morning between those women? I did hear my daughter say, this is bullshit. And I know where she gets that expression. And I was not going to make any progress with my wife when she said that. This is bullshit. <laughs> uh, 
And my wife, similarly, like my wife is not going to make any progress when she says, well, she does hear that expression. And I say, are you, you is this the moment you want to lay this at my feet? I know where she hears it. She hears it from me. Because sometimes I'll, she'll act. I'm like, this is bullshit. In any case, I got into World War Three. My daughter comes down crying on the way to the car. Mama talked to me like a bully. Mama. And then she did this. And like did like wild hand gestures. Like my wife was shaking her. But really, what my wife was doing was forcefully putting sunscreen on the girl because the girl was not cooperating. Uh, because we have a little Irish rose that if we send out into the sun is going to uh, be blemished. In any case, I didn't get a new six-pack or 12-pack of Pilsner or Kel. I got only my seeds and the complimentary two pieces of licorice that I take out of the bin <laughs> and eat every time, which is a story unto itself, a probe, an inquiry into the mind that, uh, I don't know, but I made Central Jersey prosecutor who said, uh, my insanity defense would be the only or be the complete way out of this or something like that. Uh, I know I committed a crime, but is it defrauding an innkeeper, sir? Let me know that. Or is it called something else? And also, audience, uh, we have somebody who listens to the podcast who's a former prosecutor. Would you write in and tell me something interesting so I can talk about it? We can. You can be part of generating content and feeding Mark Zuckerberg's great 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 grandchildren let's do it or the guy at spotify who just laid off 20 percent of his workforce but still is a fucking multi-million let's write in and make them more money okay central jersey prosecutor in any event it was uh <clears throat> i've made right with him so I'm, I, I was of my word also you know i am a supporter of uh small business, a local business, because I'm, I'm, I'm woke and I'm a libtard and all this other shit that you fear. <laughs> I found a brand in San Diego that I love and encourage you to a brand, an enterprise, as it were, that I encourage you to support, check out at the very least. Check out because this has a really cool Instagram page. It's called... Analog, and, and you know who would love this? Shy Town Save Me. You, you would love what this guy is doing, I think. And I'm going to sneeze, so I have to pause here. <coughs> Pardon me. This enterprise is called Analog and Grit. And I became aware of Analog and Grit on Thursday when in... Uh, near my neighborhood, near my neighborhood, there is a coffee shop that was independently owned that closed after like 30 years. It was here before I lived in Atlanta. It was here after I got back. And I was like, wow. It was one of those ones like, oh, hell yeah, it's still here. That's really cool. It was called Twigs, T-W-I-G-G-S. When we moved back, I was like, sweet, Twigs is still going. It's... uh. A community gathering place. They're doing things. They make pastries. Whatever. It's 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 a cool small business that these two guys ran forever, and then they sold it. And I don't think it went well for the next owners. And ultimately, they had to close the business 
and that correlates with our return. So we might have had something to do with it. Much like our arrival, our existence in Atlanta coincided with the Braves winning a World Series and the University of Georgia football team winning consecutive national championships. We bring a lot to a place, but we also take away because when we got here, the Padres turned awful and Twigs closed. In any case, Twigs uh, is gone, but it was you know a significant uh, neighborhood community coffee place, and almost immediately after it closed, did I notice this uh, truck? You know, like a, like a taco truck. What do you call it? Food truck. It looks like a food truck, but it's way cooler than that. It's like a coffee truck. It's way cooler. It's got like a, you know, it's got like a social D vibe to it. You know, not quite crust punk, but, you know, people who take their, you know, haircuts very seriously and probably have a couple sleeve tattoos. Um, you know, people with a purpose-driven life doing some things is what it looked like. This, this, um coffee truck and I'd seen it a couple times right by twigs and I loved the opportunism in it generally uh, calling someone opportunist is not I, I don't usually mean that in a really favorable way but I love the opportunism of just meeting a need there are people who are going to want coffee that used to be sold here here I am with my truck let's go to work until the cops tell me that I can't do it so I'd seen it there. I responded favorably, analog and grit. Responded favorably to the idea, this guy's, yeah, he's meeting a need. He's doing the thing. He's hustling. Uh, sometime earlier this week, I ran by it. I'd, I had not um, I had not purchased anything there. I had not stopped, but on one of my runs, I ran by where the truck was parked and I stopped and said, told the guy, I'm like, dude, I love this. I love the hustle in it. And I, I look forward to coming back and, and trying some of the coffee. And he said, hey, thanks so much. And X, Y, and Z. Any case, yesterday, Thursday, I stopped by. And I said, and, and he's like, yeah, you want a coffee? I was like, yeah, I'd love a, I'd love a small Americano with half the amount of water or just a bold black dark uh dark roast coffee you know i just want some heartiness in my beverage and i started talking to the guy he first of all he made me a coffee that was delicious uh it was um it was um, the americano-esque version it was delicious his um card reader or internet thing was not working so he gave me the coffee and i'm like all right dude i i owe you i'll pay you next time he said, oh, what's your name? And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a stand-up, you know. I uh, occasionally will, you know, try to do a couple things during the day that aren't stand-up related that make a little bit money. But I told him, you know, I spend my, I, I spend my nights as a stand-up. And he was like, oh, wow, that's, that's super cool. I tried it once. Uh, I, I tried it once, but... Uh, it was too nerve-wracking or scary or something like that. And we started talking. This guy, so support this. And you'll go see his uh, Instagram page. It's pretty cool. He's really into cars, and it looks like tricking out uh, a specific... I, I didn't even go too far in it. I didn't spend a lot of time with it. But it's a specific type of, like, not muscle car-looking things like Fast and the Furious, but it looks like a whole other subculture like Fast and the Furious that I know nothing about 
that he seems to be really enthusiastically involved in while also having this coffee business that may have a physical location or just may be this rolling truck. In any case, I don't know if I told you this, but my it really dovetail, dovetails, coincides with these conversations I've been having with my daughter about big business and small business. My daughter knows Starbucks and she knows Starbucks because they're everywhere. And she knows they also have those cake pops, which if you've ever had one, big, small business, big business, they're fucking delicious, especially the pink ones. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I've been telling my daughter about small business, big business, and we'll drive down the road and I'll say like, uh, what do you think that janky little store is? I don't say janky and she'll say small business. I'm like, right. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's owned by someone you might know or what's called a mom and pop or... Uh, you know, imagine our friends had a little business. That's what it would look, look like. And we have a friend who has some bit small businesses in here in, in San Diego. And we'll say like, yeah, like she's a small business owner. She's done very well for herself building her businesses, et cetera. And then we'll go buy uh, a 7-Eleven or we'll go buy, um, this is an interesting one, Tire Depot. Because it's in a neighborhood and it looks kind of small business because it's grimy. But Tire Depot is big business. So I'll say that, like, girl, what is 7-Eleven? She'll say, big business. And then we'll go buy a gas station. What's, what's Shell? And she'll say, oh, big business. So we've been talking about this. And here I am in front of this guy who's telling me about, yeah, this is my coffee. I am the guy. I'm the coffee truck. And I tried stand-up comedy. And he said, I love Dave Chappelle. And I said, Chappelle is a monster who is on a very short list of the greatest to ever, ever do it. Unfortunately, so many people of this generation are going to associate him with certain parts of his act and reduce his entire contribution to the comedy canon to uh, a special or two or, you know, chunks within that. Chappelle, if you watch that, that uh, it's a kind of a special that happened subsequent to George Floyd. I mean, nobody else talks like that. And I mean that in the most positive, respectful way. And it's not really comedy, but it is comedy, even though it's not jokes. It's uh, nobody in the world is talking like that. It's just amazing. I, I can't remember. It's um, around nine minutes or however long that guy spent killing what is the exact time? Eight forty nine, nine forty. I don't know. Is it, is it morbid or disrespectful? I don't know the exact time that guy had his knee on George Floyd's neck. I just in my head have it around nine minutes, and I think, or thirteen minutes, twelve minutes, and forty minutes. Whatever that number is, is what that Chappelle special was called on YouTube. And my goodness, it's uh, otherworldly what he is doing there. Otherworldly. This guy said he liked this guy in the coffee truck said he analog and grit, which I love that. Like I'm old school. I have I have taste and values that informs an aesthetic and I work hard. That's what your branding means to me, sir. That's and, and hopefully that's what you're going for. He also said he loves Jamie Foxx. I was like, yeah, who who exists like that? Stand up, singer, actor, humanitarian, like everything. Jamie Foxx has. But what was really interesting is he told me that he actually took a comedy 
class. <clears throat> and the, where they, you know, they showed him, he, he, I don't know, he, he owned it. He, was, he, he just said it didn't go well, but he wasn't like, they didn't teach me this or that. But he said that he just couldn't handle, it was too nerve-wracking getting on stage. And I said, did you ever get on stage? And he said, or, I said, or was it just like the end of the class get on stage? And he goes, yeah, it was that one. I didn't even go to like a real, a real club or mic or anything. <laughs> like, well, you would have been miserable at the comedy store in La Jolla on Tuesday night. And he said, I knew if I, I if I couldn't, if I like were overcome with nerves uh, in front of other people in my class that I wouldn't be able to do it in front of, you know, civilians is essentially what he was saying, what I call them, non-comic people in the audience. And I wasn't any good. And I'm, I'm older than this guy, and I'm also a parent, a small business supporter. And what I said to him was like, well, something I guess I was thinking of my daughter. I said, well, we're, we're, people are rarely good at something the first time they do it. And, you know, if you want to do it, I'm like, why, why am I trying to recruit more people to stand up? I should have said, yeah, dude, run away, get out of the way, leave more room for me and the people who listen to my podcast. And like... The videos, interact with them, leave, leave some comment, LOL, or, or even better, get into an argument with one another down in the, <laughs> in the comments on my videos. That would be the best on my reels. But it was, it was a, <clears throat> a great organic conversation. He had a perspective on comedy. I said what I tell lots of people. You know, being funny is uh, different than being a good stand-up comic. And he was like, how? Why? I was like, because there's a way stand-up comedy is kind of done. You know, there's expectations the audience has for how it's going to go. And I know that there are alt-comics and people who, uh, you know, do comedy that's not funny and call it comedy. Or they do puppets. <laughs> uh, and it is funny, I guess. Uh, but there is, it's, it's different. Being funny, you've heard me say it a million times. And he was like, oh, cool. And then we had a nice chat, and I said, what's, you know, your Instagram, or check out my clip. I probably said, I didn't ask him for it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, check me out. <laughs> go interact with my, go interact with my clips, and, and you'll see exactly what I bring to the table. But it was really, it was really uh, organic, I would say, the uh, way we struck up a conversation. Uh, much respect for what he's doing, and uh, for taking the time to have a, non-transactional this is what i mean just get out and talk to people just get off the computer get off the phone after you're done liking and subscribing and just talk to people you hear me do it i walked into the sick temple i walked into uh, a coffee shop here you just gotta you gotta be in it to win it when you're uh, you know otherwise you're gonna be miserable um and, and you're, you know what else you're gonna be i think you're gonna be misled by the powers that be including zuckerberg uh, I want to just, in, in, in brief closing, mention that a universally beloved stand-up comic named Kenny DeForest passed away. I met Kenny several times, but wouldn't say that I knew him. I, I, I met him several times. Every time I interacted with him, 
He had a smile on his face and he was sincere or made me feel like he was being sincere, which in stand-up comedy is incredibly rare. People usually uh, either are so overtly trying to get something for themselves, me included, by the way, or are stuck in the, the act and never turn it off. He was just authentic and, and sweet. And if you read all these online tributes, the word that came up over and over, that comes up over and over is how kind he was. And I didn't know him. Like, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I met him several times. See, been on shows with him. He did Limerick a couple times. Guy did, you know, Seth Meyers and Jimmy Fallon, and he's doing Limerick. Like Catherine Blanford. But he passed away. He was, the story is he was hit by a, a car or something, hit by a vehicle while he was riding his bike in Brooklyn. Now, like, less than two weeks ago and suffered a substantial head injury that he did not survive. And uh, I'm really sad about that. Even though I didn't know him, I'm sad also for all the comics who knew him so much better than I did and so many people who knew him so much better. But the comics, really what I'm most sad about is all the comics that I know who knew him so well are so saddened by it. And it, uh, it sucks. I think he was 37 or 38. And uh, it's a bummer. To close on a touch more optimistic or a touch more uh, positive note, he has a special on, I think it's on YouTube, that came out, I think maybe earlier this year, called Don't You Know Who I Am? And it's it's hilarious. It, it's You can see what I mean when you see the authenticity of the guy and... Uh, that's the that's that's how I that's how I close here is, um, rest easy Kenny and 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 go check out his, his and encouraging you to go check out his special, he is very very likable which also is not something you can say for most comics, uh, and have a great weekend.